Hey everyone, this is Connor. Before we get started, I just want to encourage you to check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash podsidepicnic. If you become a patron, you'll get access to multiple exclusive episodes every month. And you can also join our patrons-only Discord chat, where Pete and I talk informally with the Podside Picnic community. So if you like the show, go ahead and check us out at patreon.com slash podsidepicnic. Thanks. Welcome back to Podside, everyone. This is, of course, Carlo. And today we have uh, two guests. Uh, Pete. Hello, Pete. Hey there. Yeah. Well, what The person's missing is, is a loser. I'm just calling that out. Oh, <laughs> damn. Sorry, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> hey, wait. <laughs> and Chris. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> So, uh, and today we're going to be d- discussing, uh, it's, uh, it, I mean, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll give our audience, uh, one guess as to who chose this Walter John Williams story <laughs> they're going to be discussing today called dinosaurs, uh, 1987 published in Isaac Asimov science fiction magazine and, uh, republished or print reprinted in. Uh, 1988's year's best science fiction fifth annual collection. Um, uh, also initially sold but not published by uh, everybody's favorite cult leader, who died on the day it was accepted. Uh, who is this? Oh, is it L. Ron Hubbard? Yes, yes. Oh. L. Ron Hubbard bought the story and then died. I like <laughs> to think the story is what did it. Yeah. <laughs> Dinosaurs is a killing word. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Anyway, so, uh, yeah, so um, I guess me being rather new to Walter John Williams' oeuvre, mm-hmm. um, I'm going to go ahead and ask you directly, Pete. So. Um, Why'd you pick this story? For a couple of reasons. Uh, one is it's it's a classic almost ran. Um, mm. It lost out to a Hugo to Ursula Le Guin. Mm. And whomst among us would not lose to <laughs> yeah. Ursula Le Guin? Yeah, that's... I mean, that's... if you're gonna if you're gonna lose to somebody, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, and. I mean the the other thing is like I I've I've successfully pushed uh, a few Walter John Williams novels onto the podcast, which is sort of odd because he's most known as a prolific and successful short story writer. And I'm like, well, this is the one everybody immediately thinks of. Let's get it out there. And um, it, it you can argue it deals with American Empire, and so mm-hmm. I thought on that basis, you guys might find it interesting. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, I'm uh, uh, Pete. I'm going to ding you though. Um, false advertising. One star. Actually, no dinosaurs <laughs> in this, mo- this entire story. Would have given it five. <laughs> it, it it is true. Like that. There's uh, dinosaurs are billions of years dead when this happens. Um, and it, 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 I. A little odd that he chose that, but hey, I, I mean, I guess. Well, so, I, yeah, go ahead. Well, I, I, I was just going to say that um, when I, when I was searching for this this story on Amazon, because uh, as far as we can tell, it's only available as a as an ebook ebook on Kindle right now. Mm-hmm. Um, it it opened up a whole world of uh, dinosaur, a subgenre of like dinosaur adventure science fiction and also horny dinosaur books as well so oh yeah, oh yeah. my god yeah. yeah oh chris you 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 missed you didn't notice that window it was dinosaurs and then not soon after that was uh it was like uh sasquatch erotica oh okay really yeah. big too. Yeah. well and i mean there's a big draw for dinosaur porn and that is the hemipede are you guys familiar the what uh, now dinosaurs had two dicks oh okay they did? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it looked like a bottle opener, apparently. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well. <laughs> and there you have it, folks. 
<laughs> well, I, I, I had, uh, I did not know. Where do you come up, come upon this information? Because <laughs> I think I was reading somewhere recently that there is, I will grant you that there is debate given that all of these things are soft tissue. So no one really exactly knows. This is also true. Um, but uh, I mean, part of it was also trying to figure out how something as massive as say even well as uh, not quite as massive as a as a brontosaurus is no longer uh, what is it uh, the, the, um, uh, apatosaurus or whatever the anyway yeah one of those big long necks um, how would they you know how would they fuck um, you know not, not even that it's like how would T Rexes screw because they're big too <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean, you th- you think they'd need to like have a beeping sound when they back into each other? I mean, yeah. <laughs> oh my but, god, they, they, the the T Rexes would have had a Kama Sutra, except their little arms can't open the book. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they just semaphore flag like like sweet nothings at each other. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, in in terms of the hemipene thing, which I'm hoping we can drop soon. Um, like it's very very common among lizards and snakes. So in the 80s and early 90s, when when I chanced to be very interested in dinosaurs, that was something that was talked about a lot. You're absolutely right. That may be an abandoned theory, but I mm. said like, uh, you know, get off my lawn. When I grew up, it was the heavy well, peak. Well, um, I'll say I'll say this, um, and I don't I don't want to get too far ahead, but I do think that the Speaking of abandoned theories, uh, the title is metaphorical, and it's metaphorical for a now abandoned theory on how dinosaurs um, used to send, like their their nervous systems used to send messages. Yeah. Oh, like the little brain and the the hips, the the ganglions and shit like that. Yeah, yeah. So you know, you remember the the old uh, videos that would like the little cartoonies. Like I think it's even in. Like a, a old Sesame Street or some shit like that, where I remember, like it would, like oh, it'd get bit, bitten on the tail, and then you know, like it would take so long to get to its tiny pea oh, brain. Oh yes, I remember yes. being taught, taught and then about go that, yeah. back and blah, blah blah. And it's like, motherfucker, you think that like Allosaurus is like chomping on some sauropod's tail by the time it gets back to to the oh i should move the tail he's like motherfucker there's no tail there anymore what are you talking about that (laughs) is not evolutionarily feasible how did this episode of all our episodes end up uh, needing a mature rating (laughs) like what is happening here We've we finally gone off the rails, Pete. We're yeah. now we're pivoting to a dinosaur porn, a, a dino porn podcast. Honestly, I think one theory here is that Kurt reigns us in. Mm. Well, you know, uh, he's not around, so yeah, so, <laughs> fuck so, that shit. Break right. out the lizards, folks. <laughs> <laughs> we, we will we will be uh, also evolving into Sasquatch porn. If you think you're a foot person, wait till you get a load of this guy. <laughs> anyway, so um, back to the story. So, yes. uh, so we have. Uh, <laughs> I couldn't help. I'm sorry, Pete, but it's I couldn't okay. help but chuckle every time that I thought uh, uh, the the name Ambassador Drill came up. Yeah, yes, yes. <laughs> uh, that was my. That when I came across that name, that was my one and only thought. Was yeah, Ambassador Drill ordering his low brain to walk him backwards to hell. <laughs> hey, buddy, they don't even let me fuck the surrogate. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's uh, so so. Uh, Pete, do you want to do the honors and sort of um, give us a, a brief summary of what what happens? Uh, sure, sure. Uh, so Dinosaurs is about uh, a, a human ambassador uh, going to uh, a planet to try and uh, negotiate a peace. And 
that is the least weird description you're ever going to get of this book. Let me tell you, right? Because humanity has now been around for millions of years and has specialized to the point where most versions, most most subspecies of humanity, are not intelligent. Because that's not always a useful trait. You know, one of the things they call out is like terraforming, uh, terra like the terraforming ships that are human are not intelligent because that would be really boring. Yeah. And who would want to do that for hundreds of years or, you know, thousands of years at a time? So like one of the direct results of this, I, am I just going into it, Carlo? No, go, go for it. Okay. Go for it. Well, one of the direct, direct results of this is, for example, these terraforming ships aren't intelligent. So they just show up at planets and start terraforming them. And the, the obvious result of this is if there's anything there, it gets exterminated. Mm-hmm. And so um, this starts to happen. Uh, there ends up being a fight between a less advanced but more recognizable species. Is it called the Shah? I'm trying to remember. Shar. Shar. Okay. Yeah. yeah the Sh- the Shah is a major species in another set of books of his. So uh, sorry. Mm. Uh, well, and and so Ambassador Drill <clears throat> is uh, <laughs> is sent to negotiate peace, and. Um, it's it's fascinating because as you go through, everything is done from the perspective of Ambassador Drill and his desires to make peace. But, I mean, he is extremely alien to us. And the the aliens that he's negotiating with are almost human by our standards. And so watching this play out, you know, the the, the what you're identifying with shifts over time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and it's not just that, um, you know, humanity has like split off into two, uh, you know, it's, it's, or not two, but, um, into specialized, you know, subspecies as they call them. Um, but, uh, drill himself and, and presumably the other, um, you know, uh, humans, conscious humans as they, as they, as they term it, um, they, they've like evolved physically too. So I think they said he was 18 feet tall. Um, and on top of that, he's, uh, they've split the, the brain up, which is goes back to what Carlo was saying about the dinosaurs, the old theory about the dinosaurs, where um, there's the low brain, which controls all your your base functions, and then there's uh, your your classical brain or or brain classic, as they say, <laughs> uh, and with that like it's just your kind of your standard like personality type stuff, and then there's your your memory with a capital M, which is like. Uh, on top of your skull, I think is what it's sounded like. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I mean, it, it functions much like a computer does. Yeah. And, but it sounds like it's on, it's another kind of like organism thing that, that, uh, just is basically a, a you know, a data repository type thing. Um, yeah. And so, uh, like it's, it's an interesting, it, to your point about, um, the humans being more alien than the aliens, uh, like, you know, his, I actually had a hard time, keeping in mind like what exactly he uh, drill was looking like because of that, like because he, he was so uh, evolved uh, f- from, from what we're used to. Well, you, you need a very high IQ to really picture him. <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> and a low brain. Um, yes. Yeah. I, 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 I honestly like even halfway through, I, I sort of wanted to just, I don't know, take a hammer to, to, to drill, <laughs> just <Yeah>. like, <laughs> bye, <laughs> you uh, suck. He's horrible. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's, uh, like one of the things I think, uh, one thing I do want to call out is that a lot of the stories I bring up from, from, uh, the exalted Mr. Williams, uh, is, are from sort of a, a pre 2000, often a pre fall of, of the Berlin wall era. Mm. And so a lot of things that seem overtly political to us. And I mean, like this, this is a novel of empire to me. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's not to him. Like when he wrote it, uh, he, he thought of this uh, in terms of senility and I can relate to it on that level too. It's like he, he had, he had a relative who, who had like Alzheimer's or something similar. And I, I, I went through that experience as well. And the idea of someone who sort of is, is conscious and sentient, but also sort of, sort of 
needs to be constantly managed and handled is a very harrowing and alien experience. And I think that is what got him to write this story. But I mean, I imagine if we corner him now and we should, um, he, he would, he would recognize the empire level of this. Well, I mean, I think it's to your, to your point and to build on that. Uh, I mean, I, I don't think that, uh, one is exclusive of the other, right? Um, yeah. Because basically, if you think about it, like the entire body politic is sort of that, right? It's concentrated, like there's little nodes of consciousness that are operating on a level that isn't exactly the way that we would think. Mm. Um, And therefore, there is a certain sort of um, delay to certain things, as well as uh, a lack of being able to connect things, correlate the contents of your mind, so to speak. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, right. Yeah. And, and I could sort of see that too, where it's like, um, you know, the, the empire has lasted so long and it's like um, gotten to this aged state where it's just functioning solely on a, uh, well, that's kind of just how we've always done a basis, not really. And, and I think it gets called out um, pretty, pretty uh, pointedly by um, the, the president uh, Graham of, of the alien species, the Shar, that like, you know, you're, you're doing all this stuff and you, you are definitely way more advanced than us, but you don't understand why you're doing anything like that. And I think that's very much like it's just um it, and I, I think it's very there's very telling where like similarly like you know people with alzheimer's and, and you know i've i've had experience that in my family as well and you know they they kind of just people just um go through all the motions not really understanding necessarily what they're doing same thing with <clears throat> excuse me empire they don't necessarily know why they're expanding from planet to planet um it's just you know it's self perpetuating um and it like it just uh, it, its existence is solely just you know, it's, uh, you know, uh, colonial reach, uh, and, uh, it, it doesn't know why it just does it. Well, it well, makes me think of ant colonies. You know, you know how, hmm. like one of the ways you can examine ants is to say, well, the individual ant isn't the creature. It's the t- entire hive. Right. Like, Humanity's yeah. a hive here. The, like drill is just a very stupid piece of a very complex machine. Mm. Yes. Yeah. And I think that, yeah, that's, I think that's right, Pete, because it's like, um, you know, they, they've specialized like ants or, or I, almost more like bees specialize, you know, where there's the worker bees and then there's the, the queen and th- that kind of stuff. So, yeah, I, I, that's I, I could definitely see that analog. So um, one thing that I did want to uh, perhaps point out that uh, came to mind when he was talking about like that hyper specialization um, you, it's it's funny because this is sort of like the inverse uh, here. Instead of it being like, for instance, this reminded me a lot of the Modis from a Moat in God's Eye. Oh, nice. Interesting. Uh, in the sense that each, you remember that all the casts of the Modis would have like very specialized um, sort of uh, like instincts and, and desires and whatnot uh, were sort of almost hardwired. Uh, you know, not, not to spoil anything too, too much, but for instance, um, the diplomats and ambassadors of the Modis would identify, end up identifying with, uh, their visitors almost too well, Mm -hmm. uh, for instance, because they, they, they're so, uh, sort of hardwired to figure out a way, you know, to empathize and, and be in that other person's, um, sort of. Uh, mentality that it, it starts seeping through. Yeah. Or um, if you took one of the engineer class and you handed them a beer, what they do is take a look at your hand and custom form the beer can. So it fit there better. Like there's mm-hmm. no understanding of what's going on. Right. Yeah. yeah and, and in this case, uh, there is that moment where uh, Graham calls him out. Uh, mm-hmm. I believe she asks him, so you're not doing this out of ideology. There's no sort of, big sort of uh motive behind this and it's this is the the part where i think uh yeah it becomes like a thing about empire more than anything else and it he he is not aware of that and so s- says 
truthfully for himself, right, says, oh, no, we, we it was just we were expanding, but isn't, you know, pushing the frontier further and further out itself an ideology of empire. Yeah. It doesn't matter whether the individual, uh, you know, pieces within it and the, the individual actors within it uh, think that it's an ideology. It, it totally is. It's just simply, it's sort of obscured or, or yeah, like it's obfuscated from, from their themselves, you know, mm -hmm. because at this point they've been, they've been running on inertia for so long that, this is just, yeah, this is just the way it is. Yeah. Well, ideology is something that you have when you are threatened and when you have needs. I right. mean, like, I, I think for, for most of my lifetime, most Americans haven't really had an ideology because we haven't had, we haven't needed one. We just, you know, uh, we, we, we had libraries and schools that worked and, and, you know, pizza delivery. There, there was, there was no need to have coherent political opinions. So we simply didn't. And well, I, I mean, I mean, I would argue that certain, <laughs> certain levels of, uh, of, of Americans. Yes, for sure. Oh uh, yeah. Well, I mean, that's exactly like, I, I, I was definitely centering like, I don't know, white guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when I yes. said that. And, right. and that's that is a very good call out. But I, I think the, the point the, the point I was trying to make and, and fumbled there is that people who don't uh, who don't have any stakes uh, can't really form an ideology. And Drill definitely doesn't have any stakes in this. Like right. he, he failed. And like you know, he he just he just goes back in and he fucks his sofa and he, and he eats mash and it's fine. Yes. Yeah. I mean, um, I I I would still push back against the the idea that he does not have ideology. He because he is not aware of it. That doesn't necessarily mean that he doesn't enact it. Oh, um, I I'm just saying he's a tool. He's not. Yeah, no, he's not sure. a hand. Yeah. yeah. Well, it, it, it's similar to those people who um, are like, well, I, I'm not making a decision, not realizing that not making a decision in in itself is a political act, you know, like, yeah, uh, it, it's siding with the status quo rather than some mm -hmm. other thing. So I, I think he yeah, that's it. I think he's um, and it almost seems like it the, this civilization or humanity, you know, these these millions of years almost like, per I don't know if it's purposely, but like in segmenting and, and um, differentiating people into, into different species and subspecies based upon like their soul. Like he mentions there's like the soldiers and then there's the, like you said, the terraformers who are the, the subspecies. Like it, it, it makes it so that nobody necessarily has um, their hands on the rein saying, you know, this is why we're doing stuff. Because if you recall, like when he first shows up, he he's very puzzled that like they're um, seemingly representative, representative de uh, democracy uh, where they're like, well, why, why is she talking to, why is the president talking to these people? Well, and the memory is like, well, she has to kind of get them on her side to support her policies. And he's like, well, isn't that stopping her from doing her job? And, uh, so I, I just thought that was, uh, interesting where like he, they've gotten to this point where, um, it's just, uh, you know, it's almost ideology, you know, um, propelling itself without, without, uh, you know, without thought. Well, I mean, uh, it's, it's also the, I, it reminds me of algorithms, right? Mm. Where an algorithm will continue to do the thing that you ask it to do. Right. But unless you you've programmed in something that will sort of cancel or counter biases that the programmer inserted somehow into the original pro code, um, it'll continue doing that. Yeah. You know, that's, that's the, the sort of like the terrible thing about like, Oh yeah. Like let's do all this uh, surveillance and, and facial recognition stuff. And he's like, um, yeah, no. <laughs> do you, I, you know how they're you know how they're they're feeding the facial recognition to to make a decision? It's like they're feeding it from like existing criminal reports. Those aren't biased at all, are they? <laughs> yes, yeah. uh, that was so fascinating how that happened. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Oh, no, please, please ex expand. Oh well, I mean, what you know, you, what you're describing literally happened, right? Oh, do do tell. 
Oh well, I, they, in in a couple of cities, they they experimented with um, having uh, having a program propose post sentencing and Oof. who to prosecute. And what they did was they took you know most previous cases over the past twenty years and said you know follow these patterns without you know like not a series of commands but just like using using the data and figure out the pattern right. And they, what they, they ended up with is a wildly racist program. Like, if you are black, we're going to prosecute. It also invented a bunch of stuff that you'd only find in Dante's Inferno as uh, sentencing. <laughs> oh my god! So i I have a question, and I don't I don't know which of you I'm asking. I in some ways I sort of feel like you guys are both in different ways a little more politically aware than me. Would this story hit different if you knew there was a decision-making political class within humanity? Yes. I'm still thinking about it. Okay. Because I, I, I think, I think yes, but only slightly. Um, and, and, uh, my reasoning at least is that the fact that this is a, an almost, um, unconscious system that is just continuing to, to basically crap out bad decision after bad decision for others, <laughs> other cultures that are not humanity, uh, is really effective uh, I, I would almost say that if there was, you know, a uh, mustache twirling uh, <laughs> uber president in charge of all of the galaxy. It yes, would, it would, Ambassador Drill, fail in your task. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. Stroking, <laughs> stroking a lightsaber. And uh, anyway, I'm just saying that it would come across, it would hit different, but it, perhaps not in a good way. Uh, mm. There would be a an expression of malice, uh, like conscious malice, behind everything, and it would also make it slightly cartoonish. Yeah, yeah well, it, and it, I think it would do damage to the central horror of the story is that there's nobody home. Right. Right. Exactly. Right. Yes. I think. Yes, I think that's I, that's exactly what I'm trying to say. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Chris. Right. Well, no, it it would make. I think it would make drill much more of a. Uh, much more of a fool than he already is um, for for being like, you know, basically uh, a, a, um, a a puppet of whoever would be doing that. Like you said, rather than, um, you know, the 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 ghost in the machine type type situation we have now. Yeah. 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 I mean, it, it's to us to a certain degree. Um, drill comes across as monstrous. Then towards the middle, you realize that he is absolutely like he's not, he's barely there. Uh, and you, you sort of, he's sort of disgusting at that point. Yeah. Yeah. And well, then at I mean, the end, by the, he goes, but, he goes back to monstrous. <laughs> like by, by the end of the story, he's, he doesn't even really feel like a character. Right. Yeah. 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 I, I think the, the, the part that really, uh, repulsed me was when you found out that his chair was alive. <laughs> and, oh, slab! <laughs> yeah, slab. Uh, I, I did. Yeah. I did find that sort of funny because we already had that with uh, with was it um, Heretics of Dune where they had the chair dogs? Oh man! Wow that that's a good reach, dude. Uh, <laughs> they were also in the Dasadi experiment. Some something like. Yeah. I'm, I'm, uh, like I'm not calling it out because that that's an annoying tendency I've I've noticed in sort of more nerdy circles. Like, well, so and so did it first. It's like it doesn't matter who did it first, right? Right. <laughs> because if it's not executed well, I, I just wanted to point it out because it's sort of funny to me that he takes a moment to explain it, and that was a moment where I was like, going, is this is this story fucking with me? Uh, what mm. what is going on here? Because it, it felt very sort of. Um, dopey exposition type stuff right yeah but then i'm i'm realizing that it's actually drill explaining it and i'm like oh oh okay never mind then <laughs> carry on 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know, guys. Sometimes I feel like I'm being a pest, always dragging up Walter John Williams at you. But I just, uh, he's been such a journey for me. I always want to want to drag you along because I, I want you to enjoy what I enjoy and that sort of thing. I, I mean, I hope that's okay. Oh, don't get me wrong. I, I really enjoyed this story, Pete. Um, yeah, I, I, I like this a lot because I, I like that. Um, I don't know if we talked about that. Th- this, the story is framed entirely from the perspective of like a, you know, a, a, um, diplomatic negotiation. So we see, which is like an interesting place to, to set a story because all this, like, uh, stuff is happening, uh, quote, you know, just off, off camera, so to speak. Um, and like, you know, like these, all this, this, there was, apparently there were like billions of the shars were already killed. And so there's been this like mass genocide and they're already like, and there's like all these like political machinations going on, you know, in their society that we get glimpses of. And, uh, and then there's all the, you know, all the, the talk about the, the home world, but I like that. It's like solely focused on, you know, this just negotiations, which is just something you don't see very often. And, and th- through that, you see, um, you, you get the, the sense of both, uh, civilizations. I, I, I thought that was a really clever idea was, was the, the, neg- you know, the centering that. It's it's a very Star Trekky type of um, yes yes yeah type of, uh, that's an interesting approach. you know, ahead, you could probably fit this into Star Trek but it would have to be like you you couldn't just do one episode like this would have to be a minor arc because then you'd have this alien empire rolling over stuff you'd have to borg it right yes and, and you you, you, you have think, to have date data with uh with receiving some sort of blow to the head or something <laughs> right and, and i think the problem the problem would be that um you, you know uh, uh uh Riker would probably have to get like mustered out because he would just be in his room with the surrogate all the time so <laughs> i don't know if we've explained that but the surrogate is like their like subspecies that they use just for sex um Yes. And th- that one, that one definitely had like a very uh, Cronenbergian like body horror type uh, description. I thought um, where it was just like it sounded. It basically, I, in my mind, it was sounding like this big like blob, <laughs> like with like arms and all sorts of uh, genitalia and everything. All like it was just it sounded very disturbing. It it it, it reminded me like it it. It was the the sexual version of the um, the battle robot in Dune, who yes. just like started worrying. <laughs> like yes. stuff yeah. sticks out and starts worrying at you. You're like, hey. Uh, but it's got a, a an enormous rack, which yeah. is apparently uh, yeah. the, the big draw there. Um, it's also like <laughs> bigger than than drill too. And drill, we've already established, is what like 18 feet tall or something. Yeah. Right, exactly. Yeah, and. and he actually like gets milk from from the from the breast too, so it's like it's this kind of like this weird like uh, it's very Freudian. Well, I mean, it's also uh, it also sort of really shows um, how infantilized uh, basically drill is. Yes, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like he he's he's not even really like the only time we see him with the surrogate, like we actually see see him is him sort of like curling up in its lap and suckling at its at its breast, and you're like. This is sort of weird. <laughs> yes. And and he's sort of like also whining to it, like about how, you know, like he's got it so rough or whatever. And you're like, you mean like other than apart from the 5 billion Char that, <laughs> yeah. that, that your terraforming ships just killed because you put the lawnmower on the planet surface and let it run. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that the, the truly fucked up part of that, all of all that for me though, was that, <clears throat> excuse me, they gave the surrogate just enough intelligence to like respond to his to drill. Um, like now, it's not like intelligent responses. It's not like coherent thoughts or it's, anything like that. But it's enough to like mimic. Uh, yeah, well, it's it's like a Markov uh, a machine or something. Yes, but like that's I don't, I don't know that I like it's a living thing, so it's not actually a machine though, and that's what makes it like. I don't know. Very disturbing. Like the, 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 the like that level of like um, subject subjugating entire you know branches of humanity into um, these like 
I don't know, like tools, essentially. Well, I mean, uh, it just if you think that the surrogate's bad, imagine the mice who have to clean everything up. Oh my God! Yes. Uh, oh. <laughs> yeah, I mean that that ship has to be hosed out on the regular. It has got to be disgusting. Pete, it, it, you 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 uh you remember the the fire in the sky uh ship? Yeah. This one, this one looks like that, but don't ever. Turn on the black lights. You don't want to know. <laughs> well, I, I mean, like the shard do mention a bunch of times, it smells in here. <laughs> it's true. I mean, I can only imagine it smells like fucking feet in there all oh the time. God. Oh yeah. Well, yeah. it would smell particularly bad to us because it, like, like if 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 we went into a shard ship, at least it would be an alien smell. Yeah. Like sort of a a genetically modified human spe- smell where nobody washes their hands like hard pass. <laughs> <laughs> this ship smells like ass and nacho chips for some reason. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> like, did somebody soak their feet in beer? You know? <laughs> <laughs> the, the sides, the bulkheads of the ship are slathered in mayonnaise for some reason. <laughs> well, well, they were weeks ago. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> we don't know what it is now. It's definitely a different condiment. Oh, God. Okay. Well, also, I, like I, I think we're we're going we're 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 trying to earn the earn back that mature rating on. Yes, the, uh, yes the absolutely. I I think we should we should take a short breather here and uh, discuss drinks. Let's. Ooh. Yeah. So, Carlo, what are you drinking? I'm drinking. I forget what the the, the thing on the label said, other than Malbec. I'm ah. drinking some vino. You're drinking a bad Beck. Fair enough. <laughs> yes. Um, uh, it, it, well, if it's a if it's a bad Beck, he's not a loser, baby. He's a winner. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I have a uh, Vita cider, which is a hard cider made with northern spy apples, and that's put out by Pizza Boy Brewing here in okay. beautiful Enola, Pennsylvania. You I, said I'm- Vita. Vita cider. Vita, is does it have vitamins in it? <laughs> yeah, I, I was trying to think of like that's if that's some sort of like pun name or something, but I can't come up with anything. I yeah, I'm, I'm drawing. I, I am very excited in I don't know some span of months to come out there and check out the the beers and get recommendations from you guys. That's going to be really exciting. Excellent. Yeah. Hell yeah. So I'm drinking an Odell's Brewing Company Positive Latitude, which is a passion fruit imperial IPA. Ooh. And my principal complaint about most IPAs is an aftertaste of feet. And don't tell. ask me how I know. But this one Pete. doesn't really have that. <laughs> Pete, are, oh, you, are, you, are you a secret foot guy? Is that what you're trying to, <laughs> trying to hint at here? <laughs> Well, I, I'd like to. I'd like to call out that I just said I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> well, in your beer, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Also true. Anyway, <laughs> it's okay, Pete. You're in a safe space, but I won't press you any further. Um, <laughs> but yeah, um, yeah. I'm. I'm just. Uh, I decided to just try some vino. Uh, less. Less maltiness, a little bit more um, acidity or something to that effect. I don't know. So can I talk about today's project? Uh, Yeah, sure. Okay. So like I – have you ever woken up and just not wanted to go to work? <laughs> yes. Yep. Okay. That, that, I, that's a lot of days. Yeah, like every morning. So Okay. Yeah. Well, today I did that. You know, I just, I, I call, I called in, I, I'd like to, I nearly said I called in sick, but I, I didn't bother telling him I was sick. I just called in no. And, <laughs> uh, what I've been doing is, um, I ordered a, a bar for my house and I've been, and it's one of those that has pegs and screws and those weird slidey plastic things you insert in the big holes. It, like it's, it has every sort of attachment known to man. So I've been slowly putting this thing together and I've got two dogs that think they're fucking hilarious. So like <laughs> I start assembling pieces and like Chewie will come over a hundred pounds of dumbass and pick one up and start running around the house. And I'm like chasing this dog trying to get pieces of my bar back. <laughs> and he's like, we're playing a game. We're playing a game. And I'm like, fuck you. You know, 
He's he, that makes it even more fun. Oh yeah, he, yeah. He turned red. Yay. <laughs> well, I mean that that's the thing. It's like I'll get crabby with him, but he knows there is nothing he can do that is the ultimate line. I mean, like not directly to me. I I, su- I suppose he could like hurt another person or something. But if it's just me and him in the house, there is no upper limit. And I wish there was and I wish he knew it. Mm. <laughs> Amazing. <sighs> well, he also had some uh some some very insightful uh commentary earlier in the in the episode. I mean, damn Chewy, you're 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 on fire. <laughs> yeah, he real he, real good analysis. I, he, one of the things he, I, I you know, it, it's not a good idea to anthropomorphize your dog, but I do have a certain suspicion that when I'm doing something, he likes to show that he's guarding me. <laughs> and so I'll be on the phone with someone, and that is when he is certain to start barking like a madman, you know, because uh, he's like, he's on the case. Yep. <laughs> Chewy on the case. <laughs> I'm just imagining you, you you try to fit him with like a Sherlock Holmes hat and a pipe <laughs> and he just eats the pipe like entire just like loop, <laughs> loops it back into his mouth. Um yeah, Chewy Chewy is quite the yeah. character, Pete. Well, what what's funny about it and obviously this isn't an episode about my dogs, but like Leia, my other dog, I love just as much, but I love him cuz he's an amiable dolt. She's a bitch. Like, what she'll do is, like, while he's sleeping, she'll grab all the toys in the house and build a little pyramid and lay down on it and wait for him to show up so she could just, like, deny. Uh, power move. Oh, power yeah, move. yeah. But but the other thing is she's devoted to him. Like, she's hated every other dog in the universe, but, like, she loves her special stupid boy. Oh. <laughs> yeah. She, maybe that's exactly it. She she knows that he's got some sort of deficiency, and she's got to protect him. You know, yeah, exactly. Pr- protect him from toys and food and anything else he wants. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> he was chewing on a an entire sneaker uh, earlier. So. Yes. That 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 I theorize was on somebody breaking into my house, though I don't know that for sure. Sure. <laughs> But um, uh, anyway, yeah, we should probably circle back, right? Probably circle back. At least get ten more minutes out of this, or something. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, we can dig more into the story. I could talk about Walter John Williams and yeah. like Pete. I was curious. Have you read any of his nautical adventure novels? Yes. Are yes. they any? Are they? Are they any good? Yes, uh, they are. And I mean, honestly, once you read them and you read his other stories, you feel the echoes of them. Like okay. they really do seem to be formative pieces of writing for him. Like he was really into uh, the the age of sail. And so mm. like his space operas are really age of sail. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. One thing that I don't understand is like his his age of sail peak was the Privateers and Gentlemen series. Mm -hmm. And all five books were published within the same year. And I I really want to ask him about, like, like, did he just puke out one every two months? Like, how did that happen? Yeah, that's that's strange. Yeah. Um, And I also say that he he did, um, he wrote one Star Wars novel. (laughs) Yes. And, yeah, Destiny's Way. um, Part of the, the New Jedi Order. (laughs) <laughs> Which was that? That was with the during the whole uh, Yuzon Yuzon Vong. Uh, yeah, the, the what, were those the uh, the the force uh, resistant uh, aliens or whatever. That's right. Yeah. Well, but he, he yeah, he, he, I mean, he has his his bibliography is quite impressive. Well, uh, did you ever play the video game Spore? I did not. Okay. Well. Um, he he wrote the sci-fi era of Spore, hmm. which I mean, like the guy who did SimCity did Spore, which is oh, kind of, you know, yes, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, Sid, not Sid Meier. Um, I know, I know who you mean. Yeah, Michael Myers. You know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a very, very, very uh, silent guy, but he codes. Oof, 
Boy, <laughs> well, get, you a, know, get that get that guy to put down his knife and get in front of a computer. Destiny's Way was the one. Like I've had a few interactions with Walter uh, over the years, and he's always been. Like, I mean, I, I've been his reply guy before I was ever on Twitter. You know, it's like he has a blog. I respond. He He's gracious about it. But at one point, I was – I managed to be the first person to buy a particular book he had. I had to, like, order it from Germany and they had it come first off the pile. Like, I know that's psychotic, but I wanted it before anyone else, right? And <laughs> – he was like, well, you know, Pete, you're really into my books. And we started talking about my tattoo from one of his books on my leg. And I'm like, yeah, I've read it. I've read everything you've, you've written except Destiny's Way because, like, you know, I, I don't want to read some sort of Star Wars knockoff, I think is what I said. What a fucking dick I am. But he, <laughs> but he was like, well, you know, I, I understand where you're coming from, but, like, I, I'm a fan of Star Wars and I wrote the best Star Wars book I could and people really liked it and I'm proud of that. And I'm like, I am a piece of shit. Cause oh. I mean, like, that's what he did. He wrote the crap out of one of these, uh, you know, th these extended universe Star Wars books. And that's what I really like him for is that when he, when he gets into something, like, there's so much enthusiasm and passion in what he does. I'm just a fan. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, that's it's it's great to find somebody who who um has that kind of who is noticeably passionate about that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like he's written a number of uh uh what do you call them uh role playing game mm. uh ver well role playing games over the years. Like, uh, let's see if I can find them. Hmm. Do 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 do. Uh, he wrote Heart of Heart of Oak and Privateers and Gentlemen, and both of those are Age of Sales. And he was consulted on Hardwired, which is based on his book Hardwire, and that is a that's a cyberpunk source book for Talosian Games. Hmm. So the the actual Cyberpunk twenty twenty original. Hmm. Yeah, interesting. <clears throat> did, did you ever get to play that one, Pete? By chance, I did not, and I kind of regret that. Same, uh, mainly because it, it it sounded like it could be a really bad time sometimes, yeah. which which could be good. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> you know, uh, him him basically uh, being consulted for the hardwired uh, supplement or splat book or whatever you call it uh, sounds pretty cool, honestly. Yeah. No, I totally agree. I well, did you ever play Traveler? I did not. Well, Traveler was a game. I don't even know how to put it, except there was a tipping point. Like, there's two ways a campaign could go. It's like you you amass enough resources and friends so you can get a ship that gets another ship, and next thing you know, you've got your own battle cruisers and your own, your own fucking nation, or you're in the middle of a desert where nobody can find you, and you're strangling things that look like rats, and you hope your vitamins hold out. <laughs> like those are those are the directions that game can go. Sounds um sounds dire. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but I mean you clear you clear that rat strangling hurdle and you're good to go. <laughs> so it sounds like sounds like the early days of Ultima Six <laughs> or Ultima oh, Online. Yes. <laughs> Ultima Online. <laughs> where you'd be like, Oh yeah, I'm gonna build up my, my fishing empire <laughs> until someone ganks you and steals all your fish. Oh man. Uh, so did you play the old Ultima games? I played uh, uh, Exodus, which is Ultima 3, yeah. Ultima 4, I think we played Ultima 5, and then 6 was where um, it just ran, like, I didn't have a computer to run it on, so. Yeah, well, 6 and 7 is where I got off, but one of the things I really liked about in 6 was unintended consequences, like, there were all these potions that had different effects. And to the end of my life, I'll remember that there were, you know, you only, they only had colors. Like you, you had to drink one to figure out what the fuck it did. Right. <laughs> and, and the blue potion knocked you out for an hour. And the thing is you could click on the blue potion and click on something else and it would knock it out for an hour. So like at level two, I went dragon hunting with a pile of blue potions. <laughs> <laughs> nice. There you go. 
Um, I mean, yeah. Uh, so I, I guess, um, we should probably, because we're, <laughs> we're off on tangents talking about well, video games and whatnot. I mean, to, to be fair, like this is a very short story compared to a lot of others we read. And I mean, I think, I think there's a, there's a limit to what we can mine through if we don't want to be pedants. Right. No, no, I, I get it. I, I, I rather enjoyed it, even though like, uh, like I said before, I, I wanted to take a hammer to drill by the end of it. <laughs> yes. Just like, you know, beat him into a pulp, you know, try again later. I don't know. See if it recon, if he reconstitutes into something better. Um, He's revolting. I totally agree. Yeah. He, he becomes totally repulsive. I think part of it is, um, also, uh, if, if I can put a little bow on the, uh, the imperialism angle, it's the weird, um, petulant slash wounded. Well, I tried to do something. Why didn't they do? Why didn't they like it? And you're like, motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just, just like go. I, 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 I mean, I honestly, I wished that uh, him going away uh, would have solved all the problems, but that's just the beginning. Sadly. Oh yeah. yeah. Well, and, and he, Remarks sort of in passing about how, yeah, like we, we've done negotiations with a bunch of species, hundreds, and it's only worked like a dozen times. And failure means you exterminated them. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, basically. Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. No prime directive here, folks. Uh, <laughs> well, I think like one of the things I would like to do if everybody gives permission is that we – uh, I, I'd like to send some of these episodes to Walter John Williams, like maybe the things we did with Metropolitan and, and Dinosaurs. Though, Walter, if you're listening to this, I'm really sorry about lo- starting this out with dinosaur penises. I don't know what the hell I was thinking. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, so yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm okay with that. Uh, I don't know whether he'll he'll listen to them, but I, I stand by whatever I said. Yeah, well, he's he's listened before when I've sent him things. I, it's really stupid. I'm convinced that if I talk to him, he'd be happy to come on the show because he's very approachable. But there's something in me that's like, uh, I'm gonna fuck that up, you know. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Well, you know. One of these days, Pete. One of these days. Fair enough. Yeah, I will. I will suck it up, and we'll invite him on, and it'll be great. It'll be fine. Yeah, it'll be great. Um, so I guess uh, last thoughts. Um, I think that this is, I my my take on the dinosaurs title is that uh, it's a. Because it's like the far future, millions of years of evolution, and um, to to humanity, like the 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 aliens that are closer to us look like dinosaurs to like drill. So like, um, you know, nice. like yeah, that was that was my take on that. But hmm. okay, well, my final take beyond uh this is a low investment read, guys. You could probably sit down and beginning to end it within half an hour. And I think the outro music should be Walk the Dinosaur. Why not? Yes. yes. I like it. Yeah, I'm 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 fine with that idea. Um but yeah, I, I think I still um I mean I, I think I see what you're saying, Chris. And uh I I do agree with you that that could be it. You know, like basically he's he's the comet that came in and eliminated the char you know yeah exactly um but but also just the plain fact that um a lot of this has to do with the fact that he can't i mean this was this was very much a an almost um warhammer 40k type of scenario where it's it's just uh, it's absurdly um bureaucratic that he's like, well, you know, I could send for, you know, like, uh, we, we could, I could send a signal, uh, to try to stop the terraforming, but you know, uh, by the time, you know, it gets there and they decide and everything, it could be like a couple hundred years. 
<laughs> yes, right. <laughs> and so then he also has to then, uh, at the insistence of, of uh, Graham, the president of the Shar, um, basically send out his spare memories to directly hand deliver them to those terraforming ships and try to get them to stop earlier. Uh, and there's a, I don't want to get too far into it because it's, there's an entire process that, that, uh, is, is enacted there. But yeah, I think that's sort of also like supports my, my idea, like another layer, right? That this is, these are the ganglions that they have to send out to mm-hmm. get the, the tail or the, or yep. the whatever uh, to move in a certain way. Yep. <laughs> the- I, I'm sorry. I just I just had a uh, always sunny in Philadelphia moment. The the ganglions move the tail. <laughs> More or less. <laughs> <laughs> See that that's that's uh, that's a wag the dog, but uh, but like with the Flintstones. Yeah. Uh, I think that that's my last riff of the night, folks. So <laughs> I'm all out. Um. So, Chris, uh, since we have you on here, uh, tell us a little bit about what you do. I understand that you have a um, a Parents Just Don't Understand podcast. Is that correct? That's right. And I can 100% guarantee you that we do not talk about dinosaur dicks on that podcast. <laughs> <laughs> unless unless it was like one of, uh, it was that uh, that day on the uh, the dinosaurs uh, TV show. <laughs> That's oh boy. They, yeah. get, they get sent to the, they get sent to the different rooms, you know, yeah. to see. Um uh, so anyway. no, yeah, it's we we it has um I'm sorry, our podcast is a critical and leftist uh criticism of uh children's media and I co-host that with a uh, frequent guest Kurt. <laughs> yes. Um and uh yeah, I mean, uh, and of course, uh, we'll we'll be glad to have you back on soon enough, Chris. Sounds good. Thank you. <laughs> so I have one final question for you guys, and it has nothing to do with anything. But I've been wondering for ages, um, is marijuana legal where you live? It In Pennsylvania? Yeah. Uh, it is. No, they only have medical marijuana. Okay. How, how about you, Carlo? I believe Maryland is recreational. Yes. Oh wow! Um, uh, you 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 have to sort of apply for a card, but applying for the card, you know, puts you on certain lists. You know that whole trade off, which is a bunch of bullshit. But anyway, uh, also uh, probably not a wise decision if you are in a position of some sort of um, trust, as for instance, um. Pay, Perhaps uh, applying for a job with uh, staff at the White House. <laughs> yes, <laughs> well, it still it still makes me laugh so yeah. much. The 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 position on legalization of marijuana in Kansas is go fuck yourself. <laughs> that's that's the devil's weed. Yes, I mean it's a dramatic change from Las Vegas. I'll tell you that for free. Mm. Um, I I can imagine. I'm sure Kansans do actually call it unironically Sin City. Yes. <laughs> Occasionally somebody will go there for like a bachelor party or something, and I'll give a list of places to go. It's like this is the best sushi restaurant. This is where you really need to go for Dolmades or whatever. Nobody listens to me because like they want to like get shit faced and drop their pants. Like it has nothing to do with the cool stuff there. It's just the the idea of sin. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you you gotta you gotta sin to be able to uh, you know beg forgiveness of the Lord. Exactly. So, anyway, um, yeah, I, I I I don't know what to say to that, Pete. But yeah, in any case, uh, hey, have I gone off the rails again? I apologize. <laughs> I, I think I think we we've been off the rails off and on for <laughs> we jump back onto the rails and then jump back off. It's fine. Uh, this is like speed four or something. Uh, <laughs> anyway, I do want to thank you for, uh, basically give me an excuse to read some more Walter John Williams, Pete. Uh, oh, man, so. you are always welcome. Like it's, it's, it's a personal thing for me to, to share books. I like, and the idea that I can do that on the regular with you guys just means the world to me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
So, uh, and not to put anyone on the spot here, but I, I do want to try to, our next one to be uh, Ray Bradbury's Develt. Done. Sounds good. I, I, it's, I, I think it's also like super, super short. <laughs> so always, always a plus. Um, but in any case, uh, that should be it. Uh, I don't have anything else to say about dinosaurs other than go read it, folks. It's a quick read. Uh, it's an interesting read, and uh, it's got a lot of uh, threads of different things that um, I think people that uh, listen to us would like. Um, so, in any case, thanks for listening in, and we'll catch you next time here on Podside. Just got-